All right, guys, welcome to Sport Time, episode number two. T- today, I'm here with my co-host, Ivan, and our special guest, Gustavo. How are you guys? Welcome to Sport Time. Today, on the podcast number two, we have a guest. We have an amazing soccer player that his name is Gustavo uh, Rodriguez. How are you, Gustavo? Hello, guys. Thank you for inviting me. I'm good. I'm good today. What about you? Not bad, not bad. Um, I think that what do you think, Brandon? He need to uh, talk about about himself. Do you think? Yeah, Gustavo, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where you are from? What school you're going to? What your major is? What your hobbies are? What your favorite food is? Tell us a little bit about yourself, Gustavo. All right. Uh, well, I am originally from Mexico, a small town called Veracruz in the Gulf of Mexico. Um. I started playing soccer there since I was five years old. Did you start playing soccer in Del Barrio? No, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. Mexico, uh, Del Barrio. Del Barrio, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> and, uh, when I was 20, I moved to the U.S. Uh, to start my degree. I started in Franklin Pierce University. I did one year. This okay. I met Ivan. We the- were teammates a little bit. yeah. Were you guys teammates in the soccer team or? No, I mean, I was playing in the tennis team and he was playing in soccer, but our life over there, that was like almost together every day. So that was really good experience. (laughs) All right, cool, cool, cool. Then I moved to University of New Hampshire and I have been here the last two years. I am graduating next spring from economics major and I'm thinking on doing a master's degree uh for my last year of eligibility with the nca ncaa damn that's cool that's cool so so how has uh the college experience been for you it's been really good uh probably Ivan can tell you the same as me in the beginning it's really hard with with the language uh we have a lot of language barriers that sometimes i feel that i couldn't communicate myself or I couldn't talk the way I am but the more you talk and the more you feel confident it's getting better and then you know college life has been awesome uh I think being an athlete it's a big part of uh having fun because when you get to the school you already have like your team as a friend and that's really helpful because the old teammates that you have they know how the school works and you know the places that you can have fun the places you have to take care of and you know all the advices that they can give you yeah yeah so how was that barrier like like how did you overcome that language barrier you're talking about how did you overcome that yeah well uh my first year it was in franklin pierce ivan can tell you as i as i told you um we were a lot of spanish spoken people there people from Latin America, Mexico, Bolivia, and also from Europe, from Spain. So in the beginning, was it was good having a lot of people speaking Spanish. But then I moved to University of New Hampshire, and I didn't find anyone who could speak my language. So it was really hard. <laughs> that was the time to speak English, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just uh, day by day, uh, speaking with my friends and also um did you use Duolingo to learn English? No, no, no. No. 
I use the translator a lot. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. So, so how was that like? Like, were you ever like made fun of for not knowing the English language? Did you ever experience that? I mean, Did you ever experience that? Tells me that I have an an accent, which I think is is fine because it says uh, the the place that I'm from. So. Uh -huh. um, I'm uh, concerned about that and I'm really proud of being where am I from. So I don't really care about my accent. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's just like day by day, uh, you think you become better with the language. And also talking with people every day in English, uh, it's a big help. Uh, yeah, the way that you improve, I think, right? Yes, yes, definitely. How yeah. about you, Yvonne? How was that experience for you? Because I, I know you guys both are Spanish native speakers and coming to a different country where you I have to speak only English in a certain in school. Yeah. How was that like for you, too? I think that, like Gustavo says, um, when you're in your own country, you're not worried about it to speak English or learn a new language, you know? So that's when you arrive here in U.S. and you don't have, like, any chance to speak Spanish with someone you need to start learning and you need to start uh, speaking um, English just to survive you know so I think that was the way with uh, Gustavo the only thing that if I'm with Gustavo with someone speak Spanish even if I'm in US I'm gonna speak um, Spanish right so I think that was really good move for Gustavo or even for me move to another universities because we started speaking English a lot. And I think that's the way that we are improving, you know? Yeah. yeah. So um, how was, how did you guys feel like uh, transitioning from, um, do you guys speak English at home or do you only speak Spanish? Not at all. I mean, maybe oh, no, yeah. you do in Mexico, Gustavo, but in Spain, we don't speak English at all. Uh, no, same, same. We don't, we don't really speak English at home neither. I feel like I feel like for Gustavo, imagine you walking in Veracruz yeah. speaking English. I feel like those people are gonna be like this gringo guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. what about what about Gustavo speaking English uh, during the matches or like even in practice, you know, with the coaches or your teammates? How do you communicate? Yeah, that was one of the hardest parts because you know it's not the same the way you talk like in, in classes or with your friends and it's different when you're talking in the field because, you know, the players have their own slang. Yeah. So you just have to get used to it. I remember in the beginning, you know, uh, when the coach was explaining an exercise, I couldn't understand anything. So I always was the second on my line to be able to learn by looking at the exercise, not by listening. Yeah. So it was a huge thing for me. Uh, when my coach realized that actually in the beginning, he's, uh, started to tell me that you should be the first one and it's the only way you will learn English. So in that way, in the beginning, I thought it was rude. But then after a few days or a few weeks, uh, I learned. I learned how to listen and learn the language, the English in soccer. Yeah. I think uh. that it's in like a click, right? It's in a moment that you start like, listen yeah. actually and you start you start understanding everything and it's way better after that 
Mm -hmm. Totally. It's like one day you realize that you just are not nervous anymore. So you are just you are just doing it by by not thinking anymore. So that's the best when you are just yourself. And talking about a little bit more about soccer, you how was your experience to play a couple of matches in the first division of Mexico, Gustavo? Because you play with Pumas. I don't know how many matches do you play with the first team, but if you can talk a little bit about your experience over there. Yeah, uh, I played uh, 10 games in first division in Mexico. Nice. And it was really awesome. I don't know if you guys know uh, a bit more about uh, soccer in Mexico, but my club uh, was, it, it is currently now the uh, biggest supporters for young players in Mexico. Yeah, true. Uh, who was your coach in Pumas? Oh, um, Guillermo Vasquez. Oh, yeah. Guillermo Vasquez is an OG coach. He always supports the young talent, just like Ricardo Lavolpe. I don't know yeah. if you, both of those guys are, uh, they like to work with the Cantera, right? Yeah, exactly. Cantera, that's a word. Yeah. I never, I never heard anyone from here uh, saying that word. So because that's... my my OG uh, Brandon is from Mexico a little bit. <laughs> yeah yeah so well as i told you pumas is a big supporter on the academy they really invest a lot of money on the academy and i played my first game when i was 16 years old so i don't know if that was a uh, game changing for me yeah actually gustavo sorry to interrupt you i actually did some research and you were actually the youngest uh player to debut in pumas from la cantera yeah so congratulations for that Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Nice. Yeah, that was a, a huge move. You know, uh, I always say that you have to be ready in the right moment. So I was really lucky because one of the players in the first team got injured. Yeah. And Do you remember exactly who the player that got injured was? Yeah, yeah. And then the first team is going to look at the under-20 team. But then the guy from under-20 team was also injured. So then they have to look in the category under under 20 that was my category under 17 uh -huh. that's why i made the jump uh after this guy got injured they invite me to uh take a practice with the first team when i was in the team under 17 okay then after that practice i did a really good practice and then on the weekend they i i made the list for the game and during the game we were winning three nothing and he told me you're gonna play tonight Wow. And how was the sensation like when Memo Vasquez calls you up to be substituted into a official Liga M Liga MX game? How yeah. was how how were your sensations like? Was your stomach tingling? Did uh -huh. you want to puke? How was how was that like? Yeah, that that was awesome. I cannot describe it. It's uh oof. I remember they sent me to to warm up and during the warm up I was like just focusing on having a good game. I knew it was going to be good. I always have this feeling when my family is with me and I knew that they, my parents and my sister were with me in the in the stands. I was really confident, confident about it because it was my dream since I was a kid. So that day, um, I usually get nervous before the game, but I remember that day I wasn't nervous. I was more like just enjoy. Nice. Um, I have to enjoy the minutes that I get uh, out there in the field. Uh, and 
getting with that mindset helps me a lot to have a good game. And then after that, I receive more opportunities. So you weren't like, uh, you know, like Pumas has their own fans. I forgot. I I don't recall what their their porra is called. Uh, I think it's. Do you recall what it's called? Yeah, eh, la banda del pebetero. Yeah, how was that like? Like you hear them cheering on, go yeah, go yeah. How was that like too? Like, did you, no se te ponía la piel chinita? Sí, sí. <laughs> ah, totally, totally. I I have a history that I always tell with my parents. My parents cry after this. Uh, one of the days, it was the day we made the final. Uh, the porra I made, I got into the field, and the pebetero like the. The fans start calling my name. Wow, that's crazy! I Like, also, I was in the field and my I was getting uh like you know chicken skin. I don't know how you call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, But like I you got the goosebumps. Goosebumps, yeah, motivated me a lot to keep playing. And after that day, after the game, I talked with my parents and they were crying as well because also my parents when they were younger that was the team that they support. So, oh, okay, yeah. So you support Pumas? Yeah, they always support Pumas because Pumas is owned by one of the biggest schools in Mexico. Yeah, so studied there in the school college. Yeah, um, they have their own college campus. Yeah. Yeah. Do you support Pumas too, or just, or do you support another team from the Liga okay. MX? Pumas, Pumas has completely my heart, you know, <laughs> because all the history that I lived there and the way I was treated in the team that was awesome. So, so you don't support America? No, I don't know. <laughs> That's the biggest rivalry. Who did you support? Uh, I support America. <laughs> wow, I think we're going to get that fight here. <laughs> did you ever play against America, Gustavo? Yes, yes. Actually, the game that I'm telling you that we made the final was against America. Oh, yeah, in the semifinals, right? Semifinal, yeah. We were, were you guys? I think you guys beat uh, America in the first leg three zero, right? Yeah. And then the second leg, it was like three. We it lost was, one. You guys lost three one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You guys were so close to getting eliminated on, the, on that day. I know. I know, and it was tough because also it was at home. It yeah. was tough. It was how? How is it like playing at twelve o'clock in the afternoon in Mexico when that sun is hitting you? It's like what ninety yeah. degrees over there. It is, it is really, really tough. But then because uh, usually we practice at that time. So there is a moment that you get used to it. And I think it's a huge, uh, huge uh, advantage advantage for Pumas to play at that time. Because the teams, when they come here after the first half, they are super tired. They are that. Yeah, they're trained out because they're not used to it. They're not used to it, exactly. So, so how did you ever play in the Estadio Azteca? I did. I did. You did? How was yeah. that like too? Like, because you know, the Estadio Azteca is like also another advantage for Club America, where they yeah. their stadium is like, uh, I think what seven thousand feet above the horizon. Yeah. It's uh, seven thousand uh, between ninety thousand and seven thousand. Yeah, seventy thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah how, I think is the one of the biggest of the world. The biggest world. Games, yeah. We were playing the semifinal, and I was a funny story because when I was a kid. I was like 10 years old and I remember my mom took me to Mexico City to, she has to do like a, something with her visa to come to the U.S. And she uh -huh. took me with her and I told her like, mom, I want to know the Estadio Azteca and the Stadium for Pumas, Estadio Olimpico Universitario. 
Mm-hmm. And she took me to the Stadio Azteca and they didn't let me to get in. Wow. So I just had to look it from outside. And wow. then that day, I like, they were with me and I I had to be in the field because I was a player. So that was awesome for us. Like my mom was rem- reminding me that day when they didn't let me get in. And in the semifinals, like they opened the door because I had to play. So that was awesome. And also, you know, the Azteca Stadium is really big. So yeah. I remember I yeah, was that's one of the, that's one of my dreams to go visit oh, really? Azteca. Yeah. Well, I was in the field and I saw my parents in the stands. That was really funny because you know all the people that I was there and finding my parents in the stands, that was awesome. I was waving to them and it was really funny. Did you ever feel the sensation of crying? Yes, yes, yes. Yes. I mean, it's normal, right? Because I mean, yeah, like when you are start playing since when you are like five years old, and then you start playing for the first division in at such in, a young age. Yeah. Yes. So I think that was like really good experience for you, and then you moved to college, right, Gustavo? So yeah, I don't know how was the difference play with uh college rules or what the difference played between Mexico League and the college league, you know, if you have, like, any difference or stuff like that? Can you say yeah, that? I always talk with this with my friends in Mexico because in Mexico we have the level here in the U.S. underrated. I honestly, I thought it was going to be, the level wasn't going to be as high as as I, as it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then coming here, I realized, like, the biggest difference is physical. All the guys here are big, strong, and fast. Right, because yeah, my experience when I when I see you, the soccer team was doing a lot of conditioning and a lot of weights. So you've mm-hmm. been practicing even more like gym than practice, right? Yes, yes, exactly. More gym than technically. So that was a hard part, definitely. Uh, because in Mexico, like you know, we are not we are not really big or strong. We are more like small guys and more technique players. So that was a big, big difference here. Wow. Yeah, I can I can say that. Um, I don't know if you are like planning your future or you are like live, living day by day, you know. But what are you going to do after your, your grade? You're going to keep playing soccer? You're going to come back to play Mexico or find another opportunities? Yeah, that's uh, something that I have been thinking. Uh, you know, soccer has been my dream since I was a kid. And I would love to make a career. Um, of course, my first plan is still after college, after my degree and my master's degree, it's uh, keep pushing for have an opportunity here in the U.S., either on the MLS or USL championship, and then jumping from there to the MLS. Or if not, I would like to go back to Mexico to play there, I know I can come back to Pumas and they will open the doors for me again. Nice. Or I have been thinking also going to Europe or Canada. Canada is a league that is uh, increasing their level and building up and they want to do a big things there before they work up in 2026. Wow. So your, your goal is keep playing soccer and one day start playing again to the first division, not even in the Mexico league but probably in u.s canada or europe right yes 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 and i would love to make the national team 
Wow, yeah. I mean, I hope, because what do you think about the World Cup, Gustavo, with Mexico? Well, Mexico didn't really do a good job. I don't know if you guys saw, but um, I feel like Mexico played with fear, fear of losing. So I don't really... I had a bigger expectations of the Mexican national team. Right. I think it was a big failure. I don't know how you guys feel. How you got, how do you feel about Spain? Oh, Spain was yesterday and it's, I don't know, so sad. Tough, right? Yeah, because obviously we, we weren't the favorite. We, because yeah. we were not the favorites yet to win another World Cup. But I don't know, at least getting quarterfinals, I think that was a good job for the team. But that was so sad how we lost. <coughs> yeah. So, yeah. Let's see. What team do you support now? What do you think is going to win the World Cup? I think um, either Portugal or Brazil. What do you think? Portugal or Brazil. I said in my prediction, Brazil. Yeah. Uh, but look, France with Mbappé is playing amazing. <laughs> yeah, true, true. You're right. I mean, I don't know. And I think this World Cup is a lot of such a good teams because yeah. England is playing amazing, France, Portugal, Brazil. So I think it's one of the best um, World Cups like in quality, you know? Yeah. Do you see Morocco making another surprise? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's see. Um, another note, talking about the, more about your life. Recently, you got injured, but before that, uh, how was your your season with UNH? Well, this year has been really tough. Uh, I had a big injury during the summer. I broke my scapula, wow. a bone in the back. So I was three months out. But then I made it right before preseason, like one day before. Okay. And, uh, the preseason was good. I start. I started playing the first three games. Then I got injured again. I pulled my hamstring, so it took me out of the field fifteen days. <laughs> wow. And I started to play again. Uh, I play a few games, and then I broke my nose. Ah, you, that's why you were playing with the mask, right? Yes. Yes. I broke my nose. I got surgery, and then they gave me the mask that you saw. And after the mask. I started to play again. I started feeling confident, and then I tore my ACL, as you know. So wow. it was a really tough season. So how many matches do you play? You couldn't play a lot? Not really, right? I play, like, 16. 16 matches? Yeah. Um, at least that was good, or you're, like, feeling, like, injured every time? I, I felt good, but, like, I was gladful to be able to play, you know? Yeah. When I had the injury of the of my nose, I was gladful to be able to keep playing. Like the nose was of course tough, but my legs were fine, so I was gladful to be able to keep playing and help help the team. Yes. And uh it was really tough to turn my ACL because also it happened in the final. So yeah. mentally it was really tough. But I mean I uh true believer that things happen for a reason. Uh, now I'm in a good time to recover for next season. So how how many months do you can, and that you come back like eight I'll months? Out, uh, between eight and nine months. Wow! So you can play the next season, or is it gonna be like in the middle of the season? 
I can. I can play next season. I'll be back right before. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, and what about the the like in the team in general? Like, how is it going? Uh, UNH, they they were in nationals and they lost in semifinals or something like that. Yeah, we started the season really, really slow, honestly, with two losses. Then uh, we we kind of like woke up and we said like we have to we have the right mindset and start winning games. We have a big streak of winning games, and then we reach um, the America East semifinal. We beat um, UNBC. Oh no, Binghamton. Then in the final, we beat Albany, and we qualify for the NCAA nationals. And in the first round, we beat uh, Seton Hall. And then we lost in the second round against FIU Wow. in penalties. The longest penalty kicks I've seen. Yeah, I Very I remember tough. now a uh, good history that we can tell to we can tell to Brandon that last year when you were playing in nationals you flied with the Patriots a uh, uh, plane right or With no? the Patriots playing, yeah, that was awesome. That was a huge asset in the school. How was this period with the Patriots playing? Do you feel like Tom Brady or what? <laughs> not exactly as him but really <laughs> you know really really good uh the, the plane was awesome you know that that trip is about six seven hours Yeah. so flying in that plane you don't really feel the six hours i understand why top players Why they recover so good, right? yeah yeah like <laughs> huge seats Space. I have your TV, good food. It's really good, really good experience. Nice, nice. And let's talking about something different about soccer and let's talk about food. Gustavo, I know you're from Mexico, but what is Yeah. your favorite type of food? Here in Greece is very famous, Mexico, but. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know the Mexican food, but I love every kind of it. Uh, I don't really, I feel like, I don't know, you guys know a lot of people love chipotle. I don't really like chipotle because I feel like they make the Mexican food as a, as a fast food. Yeah, So I really like that feeling, but my favorite food are definitely the tacos, enchiladas, chilaquiles, all of those things that, wow. yeah. I mean, I can say that uh, Gustavo cooked for me some tacos and enchiladas, and that's true. I mean, those plates that's really good. You like them. Yeah, I really love that. And I don't know when you are like stressful. Uh, playing uh, soccer or you're like thinking about it too much I don't know do you have a, any hobby or any distressful for yourself uh, do you like to do another things or you just Yeah, I do. I love to hang out with my friends and my girlfriend. That's really like take me out of soccer. nice My mentally... And also, I love to talk on the phone with my family, either with my dad, my sister, or my mom, and play video games, you know, yeah make my career mode and making stuff, reach the Champions League, you know, I love that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I can see that, I can see that. Uh, so I don't know, Brandon, if you have uh, more questions for Gustavo um, or you're going to talk about something different. Uh, Gustavo, I just have a quick question. Yeah. Uh, why didn't you continue with Pumas? Were Why you, were you kicked out or how did that turn out?
No, I had a a story. Um, I was called to the national team. I right, I had a good season, and I was called to the national team. And then after that, I came back, and they offered me to stay in the second team, which I didn't want to. I was feeling ready to be with the first team, so I didn't uh sign my contract anymore because I was my contract was done. So Oh. I was a renewal contract and I didn't want to. So then I left for free to San Luis, Atletico San Luis, which is a team in first division too. Yeah, the, would they actually ascend it to the first division not too long ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How was it like transitioning from playing in Mexico City to playing in San Luis Potosí? How is that like, you know, from a hot playing at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, like 90 degree weather, and then playing in San Luis, which is not, which is, you know, uh, not so hot. Because you guys usually had your matches around like six o'clock in the afternoon, in the evening, I mean. Yeah. yeah yeah uh it was it was good good transition i love to play at night so it was good and the fans at san luis are really good they always feel the stadium which is it's not a big stadium probably twenty twenty five Yeah, but their fans go crazy, right? thousand. yeah the fans go crazy and they haven't had a first division team since a while So that's why they are crazy. How do you feel about oh what's up? Yeah, continue. Sorry. And it was it was awesome, yeah. So how do you feel about, you know, because in the Liga MX, you know, we have the Ascenso and Descenso. Yeah. How do you feel like how that impacted the Mexico national team? I think it has a huge impact because it's not just just the ascenso with the senso. It's also the thing that 12 teams out of 18 are making the playoff. Yeah, true, the repechaje. Yeah, so that makes you feel that... There's no more competition, Exactly. basically, right? The teams are getting rest. They don't play every game. like Because you know you can be easily in the 12 teams to make the playoff. You know what's crazy? You can be the 12th, you can qualify as 12th place and still have a chance to be the champion. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, Well, I, I didn't know that. mm -hmm. yeah, that's something that Liga MX has done just to make more money. Exactly. I feel like Mexico is is the corruption, and they care more about the money than the sport. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have that similarity, uh, if you guys have that same viewpoint, but I feel like I mean, it's I think corruption, we, I think and they in don't care about. I think in general, not even in Mexico, like I think in the world, we can say right now in Qatar, 2022, uh, and we can see in other leagues, you know, not just in Mexico, probably most in Mexico, but I don't know, honestly. Uh, but I think that sometimes they are getting more corruption than they're like properly the sport. I mean, yeah, Qatar was it's just a whole different topic. Like, Yeah. they bribed uh, paying Ecuador what eight million dollars to lose an inauguration match. Yeah. Like that's crazy. I couldn't believe that. And look, they still got eliminated. <laughs> Yeah. Qatar didn't even win one match. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. So I think right before the, the podcast, uh, Gustavo, you said you come back to Mexico, right? To get Christmas there. When you go in there?
Yeah, I'm living in the 15th, in the 15th. I cannot go to there. I am coming from the 15th to the 23rd. Mm, not bad. Good holidays. Yeah, what are you guys doing for holidays? I I go back to Spain too. I live in the 14th and I'm coming back the January 12th. So almost like a month, so pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. Damn, that's crazy. I was I was planning to go on to Mexico this month, but uh I was like, no, I'll take a chill here in oh. the US. <laughs> Where are you from? I'm from Mexico. Oh no way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's crazy, bro. <laughs> yeah. I, Where? I'm from uh um I was born here, but like my parents are from Puebla. Okay, okay. Wow. Yeah. La Franja. La Franca, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So you, you, you've been a lot of times in Mexico, Brandon? I was there last year. Huh? I was in Mexico last year and during the winter break. Yeah. I went to Mexico there uh last year. How was it? For for a whole month. <laughs> you should take Ivan to show him the real food. <laughs> I, I gonna go, I gonna go so bad to um Mexico, honestly. Yeah, it's a dope place. It's a whole different experience. Yeah. Yeah. I actually went to go visit uh, Puebla Stadium. Yeah. I just didn't have the chance to go inside because there was, like, no games. It was during the... COVID? It was during... uh No, it was uh during Christmas. I went on the oh, 20, yeah. 24th, I think. Noche Buena, I think it was called. Yeah. Christmas yeah. Eve. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I went there, yeah. There was in games. Wow. Have you been in a in a game before? In Mexico? Yeah. No, I haven't. I've I've always wanted to go to the Stadio Azteca to watch America, but yeah. so far I haven't. Wow. I've only my dream is actually to go watch a game in Mexico. Yeah, you should go to the Olympic first. <laughs> uh sure. But I feel like in Mexico. Yeah, it's gonna be what, three years from now? Yeah. Hopefully, be... hopefully we see Gustavo playing in the Mexico team. Hopefully. In the next four hopefully. years. Hopefully, yeah. Next four years, Gustavo, you are? How old are you right now? 24. 24? No, 28. 28, 27. Not bad. Not bad, no? Okay. So, Gustavo, have you met any uh players while any uh famous players in the Liga Mekis? Like, have you taken yeah. pictures with them? Had their signatures? Yeah, I have a wall in Pumas. When I, where, wherever I was there, I was uh, big friends with Fidel Martinez and Ismael Sosa because uh -huh. they were in my position. So I was all the time like asking me, asking them advice and everything. Also, Dario Verón, I don't know if you know him, the captain for Pumas before. Yeah. Uh huh. He was like a dad for me. He always helped me a lot in all the things that I need. Because it's a huge change from the under seventeen to the first team. Yeah, definitely is. How was? Did you meet Picolin Palacios? Yeah, also another another character, another guy that helped me a lot. Did you meet the twin too? His other brother, his twin brother. Oh, his brother wasn't there anymore. His I oh. met him as a coach. I play against him uh, a few times. He was coaching in second division. Did you meet El Conejo? Did you meet El Conejo Perez? No, no. But uh, I'm, I met one of the days that I went with the national team. 
uh, I trained with the first national team. So I met all the guys, uh, Chucky Lozano, Chicharito, Raul Jimenez, Charlie Rodriguez, Alexis Vega, all of them. I had a few practices with them. And how was that like? That was awesome. That was awesome. It's a beautiful environment. It's like it's like a dream. Yeah, right. What like if you have a, like a dream, you what what is the real goal? Like play with your national team the or, biggest dream. Or, yeah. or, or play with amazing team like us, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, and stuff like that. I think the biggest dream is playing a World Cup with the national team. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's the biggest one. And Mexico support a lot of football, so I think for yeah. for you is unbelievable. Exactly, it will be it will be awesome. That will be the the best thing. So, what do you want to see? Uh, because you know Mexico is gonna be the the host of the World Cup in twenty twenty six. What do you what changes do you want to see for that? Because you know, in twenty twenty two, Mexico did horrible. You know, they tied against Poland, scored zero goals. They lost against Argentina 2-0, scored no goals. Yeah. And then the last game, they beat uh, Saudi Arabia. But, yeah. you know, they were one goal. one okay. Only one goal separated them from advancing to the round of 16. Yeah. What do you want to see? What changes do you want to see for 2026? Yeah. I, I First of all, I would say, I don't know if your parents have told you, but in Mexico, we have this mindset that we... We... Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it in Spanish. Jugamos como nunca y perdimos como siempre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it means that we play... We, played, we play like we've never played before and, and then we, we lose like, we we lose like every time. Yeah, so I want to change that mindset and change also the uh, like new players, renovate the national team. Because uh, right now we had like old, old players, right? Yeah. Pretty much... Like, they had their career and they had a huge experience. But I think it's time for the younger players to step up and make a make a statement that Mexico should be in better places that it's been before. So so what do you think about Tata Martino's cycle with Mexico? I think he he didn't like he received a lot of criticize and I I am I agree with some of them, but not all of them. I don't think it's all his fault. Like he called the players that he think it could be better for his system. But also in Mexico, we don't have a huge system of players like Spain, like Germany, like US now. US have all the starters eleven in even even Canada. I think Canada didn't play yeah. well, but the the team is good. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's something Mexico needs. Like, we, Mexico needs to work with the young talent from exactly. the U-17, U-20, U-15. But no, they instead, they decide to bring players from around the world, which we know as uh, extranjeros, right? They exactly. bring extranjeros to the league, and they take away that opportunity for a young, talented player to play. Instead, they give that chance to... An extranjero, like an example, would be uh Guignac. Exactly, yeah. Like they brought Guignac from France, and instead of them bringing Guignac, they could have given that chance to a Mexican striker who could have at least not been the best, but 
he could have gained the experience. Exactly. For him, for example, now another example is uh, Pumas brought a keeper from Uruguay, Sebastian Sosa, 36 years old. It's like, is there, there isn't anyone else better than him in La Cantera, 18, 19 years old, to start like building his career. Uh -huh. yeah. So that's, uh, that's the thing. I think in Mexico, we need more coaches that are willing to play with young players and are willing to give the opportunity. Some of those coaches were like Ricardo Lavolpe, like uh, Guillermo Vasquez, like you said, Jimmy Lozano. Exactly, Jimmy Lozano. But so, no, uh, other coaches decide to just bring players from outside the world and take yeah. away the opportunity to the Mexican talent. Exactly, yeah. So hopefully, okay, so who would you take away from the national team this year and replace him? Um, I would take away starting from goalkeeper. Start from the goalkeeper and work your way up. I think Guillermo Choa is done. Okay. I think Hector Moreno is done. I uh -huh. think Hector Herrera is done. Andres Guardado is done. Um, who else? Another all players. Um, I mean, I think it's more. Even no, uh, not about the players. It's more like the mentality you said, right? Maybe yeah, right, right. Leave a little bit more. I will also take out El Piojo Alvarado. Uh huh. Muriel Antuna. I don't think they were ready for a World Cup. Did you ever meet those two players? Yeah, I played with them. I grew up with them playing in the young teams. Like Antuna, Muriel Antuna is one year older than me. Okay. So I grew up playing against him all the time. And do you have communication with him? Not really. Like, just in the field. Like, I met him once in the national team. Uh -huh. Not really. Like, he wasn't my big friend. Who? Uh, what players that are playing right now do you have communication with? Uh, Jesus Gallardo. Uh-huh. was one of my biggest friends as well when I reached the first team in Pumas. Oh, yeah, because he, he was in Pumas at that time, right? Because right yeah. now he's playing for Monterrey. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Gallardo, Kevin Alvarez. I don't know if you the right back. Yeah, yeah. He played in the World Cup too. Yeah, yeah. He played in the World Cup. And, well, I grew up playing against him too. And also, I met a few times Jorge Sanchez. He's... But do you have, like, you, do you text them often? Oh, out of them, just Gallardo. Just Gallardo? Yeah. Uh, that's... So how about Chucky Lozano, Alexis Vega, none of them? No, no, no. I just met them. Um, that's it. I don't I don't talk to them. Now I think you're, like, more focusing your college career and everything, right? So that was, like, another part of your life, right? Yeah, yeah. I would love to have a communication with them because that would mean that I'm in the national team, you know? Yeah, that's true. And, and what has, sorry, Ivan, sorry. Uh, What has Jesus Gallardo told you? Like, have you spoken to him recently? Yeah, well, the last time I talked to him, it was a few months ago, probably in September. Um, Just like, I told him that if he was going to make the World Cup, like how he feels. Uh -huh. uh, because he knew all the critics that he was receiving. You know, Mexico lost this year 
three times against US. And one of the most attack players was Jesus Gallardo because of that performance, which I didn't think. I think he was he was playing well. Not well, but not bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I asked him how was he feeling about all that. And well, he just told me that he didn't read all of those because he's mentally clear your mind if you don't read them. You just focus on yourself. Yeah, I think when you're like talking with those like captains or like experienced players, mm-hmm. I think they, you learn a lot, right? Because when you are like arrived to the first team, you're like just a young player with a lot of emotion and you're just gonna play and score and stuff like that. And I think that way the captains, uh, they are really helpful, right? Yeah, yeah. The most important thing, I, th- I think, is the mentality. You know, in the beginning, I was really excited. But then there is a moment that that excitement gets out. Yeah. So I remember my coach told me, because in the beginning, it was really hard for me being from the, coming from the under-17 team to the first team. It was yeah. really hard. That I noticed myself slower than them, less technically than them, less strong than them. Like, you know, two steps away from all of them. But then they had patience with me because they told me you have a lot of a lot of potential, but you have to reach them. So the most important thing that Dario Verona, as I told you, helped me is like you have to work harder than everyone here. So he helped me a lot in the way that he was the first one uh, getting to the practices. Mm-hmm. Like we had practices at 10 a.m., but we eat breakfast between 8 and 9.30. So I was getting there at 8, eat breakfast, and then I was getting out 8.30 to start practices by myself. So getting better in, I don't know, in my left foot, getting better in control and pass, or I was going to the gym to get stronger. So after a few, I don't know, three, four months, I felt that I was reaching their level. And that was the most important thing for me, like keep working, even though, you know, there is a huge difference. But if you keep working, you see those difference, that gap start getting smaller. And you feel really, really good about yourself because you feel like, okay, now I can say I'm reaching their level. Nice. <clears throat> That's really nice. And talking about um, something different, how is going your your career with um, UNH. I know with Franklin Pierce, you started, um, well, let's let start like, during the beginning. How was this start uh, undergrad in, in English? That was like really difficult. How was the assignments, the semesters going? Yeah, it was, it was really tough. You know, the assignments, as I told you in the beginning, the English was really hard, the English barriers. But then uh, with my friends and all the people that, who helped me was really useful. I used all my resources to be able to accomplish uh, my grades and to get better in English. So mm-hmm. that was really good. And building my degree at the same time as soccer, it was really good because, you know, sometimes I use soccer to get out of all the stress that I have from school. Mm-hmm, yeah. That was good. And then moving to UNH, uh, the career has been good. My degree is going pretty well. I am done. I'll be done 
next semester, which I'm really excited about because that's another goal that I that I want to reach since I came here. And also, well, now my soccer career is kind of in pause because of my injury, where I'll come back for my last season and I'll try as hard as I can for be able to be drafted next year. That's that's a goal. Nice, nice. And just because probably a lot of people that is hearing this podcast, this podcast uh, doesn't know how is the athletic career or athletic day, you know? So if you can explain how is like your day as a as an athlete, if you can talk um what time you wake up, you know, what time is the practice, then when you are doing your assignment, your classes. Yeah. Um well I'm gonna put an example of my day today. Uh yeah. on, on a Tuesday. I woke up at 8 30. Then mm -hmm. I eat breakfast from 8 30 to 9. Then I walk home. I walk, sorry, for my class, and I have class from 9.40 to 11. And then in the same building, I have class from 11.10 to 12.30. Then after that class, I walk to the field house to get ready for practice. And in the field house, we have snacks. Every athlete can get one snack a day. So nice. every day I get a bagel with cream cheese before practice. So I get something that keeps me full but not as full as as um, as a normal meal then i practice from one to four then after that i'll go to eat to the cafeteria from four to five and then from five to seven day i always do assignments or study or i go i go to the library and after that seven thirty usually i use the time either to hang out with my friends, hang out with my girlfriend, uh, get ready for bed, playing video games, whatever I feel like the day uh, I want to do in that day. Um, so I go to bed around 10, 10, 30. And that's a day in, in my college. Uh, yeah, I think that athletic career is kind of a lot of uh, routine, right? Like, Every day is kind of the same. I don't know if you're like working with the university or stuff like that. Yeah, I am working. I have two jobs currently. I am working in the cafeteria and with the athletic staff. So sometimes I'm working the hockey games. Sometimes I work in the field hockey games. Sometimes as a ball in soccer games. Nice. Team on the football game so yeah that's a good job i like to be involved with athletics so that's good yeah i think that that's true when you're international you're gonna try get your like first payments and money and it's that is like practice assignments uh then going to work this is uh, pretty much your routine right yeah 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 um and I think we have uh, this uh, one more question. And yeah. um, is after you're injured, what did you what do you expect for the future? I don't know if Unite's gonna recruit more people from your from your left back from your leg wing. Um, and what you think is your mentality to to get a, to come back to play soccer? Yeah. Well, I. 
I had a really hard process after my injury because, you know, this injury, it's one of the hardest one in the athlete's career. Mm -hmm. so I was thinking if it was worth it or not to keep playing soccer. But then after a few mental battles, I decided to keep playing. It's not a sport that I can just quit. I don't want that. So after setting up that I'm coming back, I really, I am really motivated to come back uh, and fight for a spot as you know, as an athlete. And if Randon knows, as an athlete, you always have to work hard to get a spot in your team. And uh, you have to be better. And I have that mentality that next year, which is my last year also, I want to play, I want to enjoy, but also I want to compete for a spot and compete for win a title. I want to win a title and why not I not dreaming on on being drafted that's my that's my goal that's my goal and that's my mentality now even I know my coach will recruit more players which is normal in college you know it happened in tennis it happened in football it happened in basketball but if you keep working and doing your own thing uh, you should be good to be able to win your spot Nice. I really like your mentality. I think like you can come back uh like a like a you are like a really good player. Yeah. Uh, I think that last year you didn't have like lucky with the injury and stuff like that. But look, you still keep working, you can try still recover as soon as possible. And we're gonna keep looking at you next year in UNH. So I think that Brandon I think it's done the interview with with amazing host that we still are, right? Yep, I think that's gonna be a wrap. Thank you so much, Gustavo. Um, yes, thank you. For where can people me. find you on social media if they want to and follow you on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook? You have any social media so people can follow you? Yeah, I have Instagram. Uh, it's a uh... The last four letters of my name, Tavo, R-D-C, guión bajo, G. Okay. Oh, perfect. If you guys want to follow Gustavo, make sure to search him up on that with using that username. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. And this has been Sport Time with Brandon. And Ivan. And... Gustavo today. And until next time. See you.